Hey everybody, so before we jump into today's podcast, I just wanted to A, thank you guys, give you a little bit of a reminder. If you enjoy this content, however you're watching it, consuming it, please like, follow, subscribe, whatever you gotta do, comment on it if you can. Leave us a review, it really helps us out and it can help grow our platform and reach more people. And if you know someone that can benefit from this, please share it with them. If you have a question, if you wanna reach out to us, let us know. And then lastly, we have all of our amazing programs, courses, and coaching available in the resources below. So check that out, definitely take advantage of it. We have everything from free options all the way up to paid programs and everything in between to fit pretty much anyone's budget. And it's just a matter of how customized it's going to be based on the price point. So there's really something for everybody. Thank you guys. Let's get on into the episode. Welcome back. First and foremost, guys, welcome back, Chuck. Has it been the same without you, dude? I think it's been probably just okay without me, Mike, but it's good to be back. <laughs> yeah, but it's also good, like, and we've talked about this, right? For you to have... Time away, decompressing, being able to, because like, Chuck, you get after it. We know this about you. I try and get after it. You know, very much you lead by example. So that's why I love having people like you around. Um, and even the last guest we had on, Johnny, Johnny's getting after it. Like he's, he's locally by me. So that's like really a strong influence. Part of that, you know, comes into play with that decompression piece, the mental health, the stress, the other, the intangibles, so to speak, that you don't necessarily, we don't get to see and measure as much in the gym on the scale and body composition reads and whatnot. So I figured this is a great opportunity to talk about that. Like I've been working through some stuff myself. I know you're always working through stuff. So I figured the more we can have this conversation, one thing that just recently happened actually between when we decided we were talking about this and now is with, I'm going to butcher your name, Simone, or like, I apologize. How do you say her last name? Simone Biles. Simone Biles. 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 Simone Biles. Which, you know what, honestly, there's been a lot of, I'm going to cut you off. There's been a lot of skepticism uh, on what she did by backing out. But for her to be able to identify that something wasn't right with her mental state of being, and she needed to take herself out of the equation. This is somebody who's worked her entire career to get to that platform, to be that elite Olympian type of level. And for her to identify that she needed to take herself out of the equation, kudos to her to be able to identify that. Because that's something that's very difficult to do. And to be able to, and I'm going to say it was selfless of her to be able to say, I need to take myself out of the equation and let the other athletes do what they need to do. That was, it's not selfish of herself to say, I'm going to focus on myself. That was self list of her to say something's not right with me and in order for the u.s and my teammates to get to where they need to be i need to take myself out of the equation that's huge and a lot of people are overly criticizing her for her decision but you know what kudos she's a young lady who's very smart and to be able to self-identify that's the most important piece and i give her all the credit in the world yeah, to your point, Chuck, I think it takes a lot of maturity. It takes a lot of security and confidence to do something like that. I understand the concept of it's selfish for those that may just not know. Maybe you've not been in a situation where the team was relying on you and you've not been in the right mental place or you know like if you have an injury or something like that. 
a lot of times if you put yourself in that position, you might actually cost everyone the right. whatever opportunity you're going for the championship, the gold, like the Olympic medal. Those are the things that I think we also have to consider that, like you said, it's kind of selfless of her to say, Hey, I, this is probably going to be her last Olympic too, right? Or Olympics. Um, I don't know, but I imagine from the timing of things, this might be her very last one. And to be able to make that decision to not say, Hey, I'm going to do it anyway. And I think there's a fine line. I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this Chuck of, well, yeah, sometimes just mentally you got to suck it up. And that's where like, I, I talk to other people um, about, you know, even maybe my generation and younger is like kind of pussified. We have it like pretty easy. Haven't had a lot of like, you know, adversity in, in certain ways that compared to past generations. So I wonder, you know, is that just the mindset of that and being able to like split the two and knowing the difference between when do you suck it up and when do you have to be selfless and do something like this? Yeah, but you also have to look at everything she's been through. I mean, all this stuff with that doctor, the USA doctor that came out with the abuse of all of the, the athletes, she was part of that. And there's a lot of recognition and news and social media stuff going on about that. And it was in the news where she came out and, and expressed all the abuse and everything that she went through. So I'm sure she's going through a lot of those emotions as well, because that wasn't highlighted in the last Olympics that, you know, the last Olympics was four years, five years ago with the whole COVID thing. So all that stuff came out during, you know, between the past and, and the Olympics and the present Olympics. So she had to deal with a lot of that as well. And I think like, listen, everybody goes through trials and tribulations throughout their life. This is somebody who's worked her ass off her entire life to get to that elite level. And she's had a lot of negative things, road barriers along the way. And she still overcame those. And she still competed, even though she didn't finish the Olympics, she still competed and did very well. You know, when she backed out of the Olympics, she was number one on the leaderboard, um, you know, for, for where she was for the point system with, with where she was with the gymnastics. She was still number one on the leaderboard. Um, and, there was a lot of roadblocks that she had to overcome, um, especially with, with all this stuff with the doctor that came out and the abuse and the allegations and everything and still working to get to that elite level, but then being able to self-identify to say, you know what, mentally my game isn't there. And this is why it's a team. And for me to have my team succeed and for me to focus on my mental health and my well-being. I need to take myself out of the equation. Yeah, dude, that's, I completely, I didn't even connect those two comp components of it because I've seen the, the, the series with all the different components and the allegations and the, the situation that happened. And like, I didn't even connect that dot of it. So that's a really important point that you highlight here with not just like, hey, um, knowing where that difference is or like, hey, this is a decision to be made, but thinking of, yeah, all those variables and what that will bring up. And like, that's even something that's a kind of perfect, not even transition, but theme to like the book. I highly recommend it. I'll put it, we'll, we'll put it in the description below for you guys. We'll link to it in Audible and on Amazon. The body keeps the score. So it talks about, and this is something that's been really kind of like just jumping out at me lately. We talked about this Chuck, on a different call of, you know, how this book highlights how impactful childhood trauma is, whether it's like sexual abuse, physical abuse, emotional abuse, whatever that trauma is, how much it plays a role in depression, anxiety, addiction, alcoholism, all these variables, and being able to properly have space to talk about it. And, and like, even if we discuss just the impact, because it starts to go outside of our scope of like, 
right? Like how to treat or address like from a therapeutic sense, but factoring in, hey, yeah, some people, when you go through trauma, even if you find a hard time with eating food, it's because, I mean, I can't even say because some components of it are related to trying to change your body perception so that you can maybe stop trauma or thing. And then that creates a whole nother addictive response or maybe to emotionally address things. Like for me, it was like to emotionally address and deal through things. So I say all this to say like, that's a perfect example right. of what we need to dig into here and maybe talk about how it's affected our lives. Like I'll dug into it a little bit. I figure you'll dig into it and kind of see. Yeah. What but I just, know. just put yourself in her shoes for a minute when she went through all of that, you know, when she was younger and now the media and everybody, because you're in the spotlight again, they decide to bring it up and she may have dealt with those demons and was able to accept it and buried them and dealt with it whatever way she did. Right. But now the media is bringing it up again. So now it's fresh in her mind again. So now the anxiety, now the depression, now all this stuff comes back. You've dealt with it. And you know, like, again, you know, again, you said you've been through some stuff. We've all been through some stuff. I've been through a lot of stuff throughout my entire life. And the way I deal with it is through fitness. Um, and I, you know, listen, I'll be an open book with you guys on this one. I've tried therapy. I've tried to go to therapy to talk about my past. And there's a lot of stuff I really just don't even remember about my past. I didn't have a, a, a great childhood growing up. My father was a very abusive man. Um, so all that, you know, I dealt with burying it deep down inside me. And the way that I deal with it is through martial arts, physical fitness, nutrition, and like the one therapist that I was talking to recently, he's like, yeah, you're addicted to physical fitness and that's how you deal with your past. You know, I always think of PS, uh, uh, post-traumatic stress disorder, PTSD. I always think of that as like a military thing, yeah. right? Because that's what you kind of associate that with. But if you've dealt with trauma in the past or you've dealt with things in the past, you could also have PTSD. I never associated myself with having that, but various therapists have pointed out that I deal with that. And the way that I deal with that is through being addicted to fitness and nutrition. And if I don't have fitness and nutrition in my life, I get very depressed. So like when COVID initially happened and all the gyms shut down, you know, if I don't go to jujitsu and have somebody attempting to murder me on a regular basis, I get depressed and I know that's the problem, but the way I deal with it is through my physical fitness. I got very depressed when COVID shut down all the jujitsu gyms. There's multiple times I was reaching out to my coach and, you know, just had to talk to him because, you know, him and I connect on such a level. And, you know, this is a guy who's educating me with his education on how to be a better jujitsu practitioner. The only way to combat it was to buy jujitsu mats and set up a, a school in my backyard and have my coach come over. And we were doing private lessons with a group of guys all last summer. It was the only way to do it. And I felt better, even though, you know, usually I'm training four times a week and lifting a bunch of times a week, even just, we had them coming over twice a week. It mentally made me feel better. And then of course, building the gym in the garage and you building your gym and being able to, to lift and, and get a workout and to release those endorphins, it helped fight off the depression. 
Yeah, so one thing you mentioned, or you didn't specifically say, but I'm going to kind of dig on that and just like maybe make an unfair assumption. So let me know if I'm wrong here. I imagine, at least from my perspective, when we talk about PTSD and that trauma, a lot of times is out of our control, right? It's being inflicted upon us. And we don't really, in that said situation, maybe have a lot of control of what's going on. So seeking out things that we have control over, for example, training, uh, the gym, our nutrition, our food choices, even like when it goes into other aspects of other choices, like that, I imagine becomes a component too. So what do you think about the control aspect of it too? Like giving you a sense of control over certain things in your life. A hundred percent that, that, that it makes you feel like you're more empowered with yourself being able to make these decisions over your life because the trauma that was inflicted upon you was something that you had no decision over. So being able to make that decision of, I'm going to eat healthy, I'm going to work out, I'm going to live a healthy lifestyle. That's a major you know, decision factor in how I'm going to live my life because nobody else is going to be able to inflict uh, their decision over me. You understand what I'm saying? I think one of the, you know, I'll, I'll share this little story with you. Back in the day, I, I mean, you know, everybody knows from probably listening to the podcast and I'm just a giant meathead. Um, but back in the day, there was this guy by the name of Mike Callow who came up to me and said, dude, you need to start boxing. And, you know, I had never really boxed ever in my life. And uh, I decided to get in the ring. And the first person that I sparred was that guy over on the other camera. And he, said, and he popped me in my nose. Okay. Yeah, you, it was you. Mike, our coach said, Chuck, okay, Mike's going to come at you pretty hard. I'm like, yeah, Mike usually comes at me pretty hard. But this is like my really first time sparring. And I went up to Mike and I was like, what are we doing? He's like, go talk to Tito. And all Tito said was, we're going to go pretty hard. And Mike came out and hit me in my nose so hard. My nose blew open, bleeding all over the place. I had an immediate panic attack. I had to rip my headgear off and I was running for the door. But ultimately, after I, after I calmed myself down, I, I was completely addicted. And I loved the fact that even though I had somebody coming at me trying to inflict trauma at me, I was pretty much in control of the entire situation. And that's really what got me bit into the bug of boxing and jujitsu and, and martial arts. Dude, that's a good story. Um, sometimes I, for, like, yes. I kind of forget about certain components of certain things. And like, now that you said it, it reminds me, like, I remember having a conversation with Tito prior to that. I won't get into exactly what we were talking about, but like the point of that, and that's Beating like, the hell out of me. Uh, <laughs> it's credit to you for, you don't want the first time that's going to happen in a live situation. When I say live situation, I mean like in the ring, like also, cause like there's other components to it. You also preparing for, um, I mean, it wasn't exactly in the time. What was the time? Like, how far out were we? I'm trying to even think. I don't even know if it was like nine months or something. I don't even remember. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember. But anyway, so we're preparing for like a charity event, raising money. And like, dude, this this organization's raised, I don't even know how much money out millions, right? Or like close to a million mark, if not more than that. Like, Yeah, I think they've raised millions. Um, so and with that being said, like boxing for charity, doing this, like, it's still like a sanctioned bout, even though they claim it as an exhibition. Like you have a card and they're going to like decide a winner and whatnot. Um, and you're like, dude, even if they say like, oh, we're going to go light in the, the boxing world from my, or any fight world, what that means, like in a fight situation, not maybe in sparring in a fight situation, like, oh, it's an exhibition where you like, like, no, it's a fight. It's just like, they're calling it something else. Uh, maybe they'll tell you to back off and whatever have you. But anyways, you did a great job of like 
being able to, like you said, have that ability to face that discomfort, but then to have control at the end of the day. Um, yeah. yeah, that's a great I mean, the big, the, the big component of it was, even though I've dealt with a lot of abuse and trauma in my childhood, I felt like the tools that I learned from training with you and Tito were able to get me in a better mind space of dealing with abuse. And even though I'm like, listen, you weren't abusing me and nobody was really abusing me when we were training, but it's a very similar type of situation because listen, you have somebody coming at you. They're obviously trying to hurt you. And with abuse, somebody's obviously trying to hurt you. But the education that I received along the way helped me deal with the anxiety and the trauma that I had faced. And then once you've got the tools where you feel more confident to be able to deal with something like that, again, it's, you know, I've, I've never really dealt with being an addict of anything, but it, it obviously people have told me now you're addicted to martial arts. You're addicted to fitness and nutrition. I'm addicted to this because I, it made me feel secure, even though I dealt with a lot of abuse growing up and, and kind of martial arts is, a, is an abusive type of sport. Um, I learned the tools needed to deal with it. And because I was so used to abuse, I correlated it with the same thing. So I felt comfortable with it. You know, now I, when I do jujitsu, I'm super comfortable on the mat, you know, and it, it, listen, it, when you step through the door, there's that anxiety, that panic that you, you, you know, there, your heart's racing. That's the biggest component of trying something new. It could be a martial art. It could be, you know, changing my diet, a healthy lifestyle, or going to ask this person if I can go out on a date with you or starting a new job. You know, there's so many different things in the world that are going to make you have anxiety, but it's how you deal with that anxiety. And, and again, once you get over that anxiety, you can correlate things and tools you've learned and education you've learned along the way to help you deal with it and get more comfortable with it. So one thing that kind of jumps out to me here too, from like Johnny was talking about this when we had him on kind of a different context, but I wanted to just kind of work in here because I think it can be relevant too. And I forgot, I'll share a story too, Chuck, since we're, I want you to be the only one. And like, dude, I got to give you props, man, for digging into like, and I, I got to like, I want everybody like go to Chuck's social media and say like, Hey, I want to see more of your stuff. Like put out, ch let's challenge Chuck and call him out to put out more videos and stuff. Cause he has such, you have such a great bank of knowledge and experience and the way to communicate it. And I think, you know, it's, it can be uncomfortable talking about that anxiety piece and like being able to do it in a public space can help with just that exposure component of it. maybe, maybe not. I don't know, but I'm just going to kind of throw that out there. The other component is like what Johnny was bringing up in the last podcast we had him on was the idea of it's not your fault, but now it's your responsibility. So it's not your fault that whatever happened, happened. That's dude. I, I can't. So like, I even find myself in therapy doing this to this day where it's like, yeah, but, and then the yeah, but is like, well, I did this. That was a potential catalyst to the situation that happened. And that's not fair. That's not your fault. Like you can't do that to, to yourself. So accepting it's not your fault. But however, on the other side, taking extreme ownership and the responsibility, well, now it's something I do have to deal with. Even if I didn't want to have that happen or whatever the situation was, it, there wasn't control over it. It's still something you have to now deal with. So in, in embracing that and being able to take action and it doesn't look the same for everyone. Right. So some people like that's where I think maybe the addiction component can potentially come from or like food issues or things like that or anything that can look like or on the flip side. Like I very much 
I've dealt with a different variety of expressions of addiction, whether it's like with like sex and things around that, whether it's drugs, whether it's now in the gym, like that was a big one for my younger years. It was food. And I didn't realize it was that I just would use food as like a crutch at the end of the day. And in hindsight, you realize like, Oh, it's because of that. And now being able to say to your point, Chuck, getting empowerment from the gym, I train pretty much every single day. I'm not saying you guys have to, anyone has to do that, but having that empowerment and then being able to leverage and acknowledge that. So Again, I'm going to stop ranting here for a second. I'm curious, any thoughts from you? Yeah, I, mean, I can also get into a story. Yeah, I mean, again, it's how you deal with whatever you've gone through in life. I mean, again, I, I've said it to a lot of the people that I do kind of like life coaching with is the things that have, I've gone through in the past have made me into a better husband and father and person ultimately the way I am now. Could I have led what has happened to me in the past into becoming exactly who my father was. Absolutely. Um, but again, just like what Johnny's saying, what had happened to you versus how you deal with it and how you approach it later on, um, that's what sets you differently. And could I have kind of followed in the same footsteps and been a, hus a terrible husband, terrible father, terrible person in, in my later years? Absolutely. If I had gone down the same kind of road, I used the education of what he was doing to do the complete opposite and build myself into the person that I am today. So it all depends on how you kind of look at things. And referencing back to Simone Biles, if she had let the demons and the things that she dealt with overcome, she would never be in the stage that she's in right now. She could have let that overcome her and she would have never competed in the Olympics again, right? If she had let those demons overcome her, if she had let that trauma take precedence. And you look at a lot of the cases like this, uh, this, uh, this doctor had did, there's people that have taken their own lives because of the abuse that this guy had put on them. And they let those demons overcome them and they let that take over their life. And ultimately it led, you know, into the decision that they made, which is obviously a terrible decision. Um, so I give Simone Biles credit. She overcame everything. You give a lot of people a lot of credit, man. And we don't know what people go through in their entire life. You could be depressed from work. You could be in a miserable dead end job and just be depressed and come home every day and be miserable. Um, but there's a lot of people that are unhappy with their lives right now. And they do things to overcome that. And, and that's the big takeaway from this podcast is no matter how old you are in life, no matter what it is, if you're unhappy with whatever direction your life is going, there's things you can do to improve your life, whether it's health and fitness, whether it's starting a new career in your 40s or your 50s, um, whether it's making amends with family that you haven't spoken to in years. Um, there's so many different aspects of how you can improve your life. Just because you're unhappy today doesn't mean you have to be unhappy tomorrow. There's things that you can do, but you ultimately have to be willing to get over that anxiety and make those steps, make the changes. Well said, Jack. So this is why I'm gonna throw in an old school, 100%. Um, and just <laughs> I was waiting for 100% to come out. Yeah. I mean, listen, I'm rambling a lot. I know that, that, that everybody's going through trauma, Mike, you included, but the big takeaway in that message is, listen, anxiety's there. 
you know, you're going to have that anxiety. There's so many people that suffer from anxiety. I had anxiety, but it was amplified after the eye injury. And a lot of people don't know, we won't get into that. Um, but it was amplified. You know, I used to travel the world and be able to take 17 hour flights. No problem. I suffer with getting in on a one hour flight now, you know, it is, the anxiety is, is, but the way I deal with it is through fitness. Okay. You got to be able to get over anxiety. Yeah. And to that point, like it's stemming from like, I think that acknowledgement of like, Hey, this is a situation that happened. There's things I can do having that again, the action and control aspect of the actions. And also I think sometimes being kind to ourselves too, when it comes to all these components, whether it's from when anxiety is kicking in, because I feel like from, I, I've never had like a, a straight up panic attack before, but I can understand what anxiety is. Like I have feelings of anxiety, especially prior to a fight. Like that's definitely a real thing. It's just a matter of how do you channel it? How do you use that energy? Cause there's a component to it. That's there for a reason to help you um, in like a fight or flight situation, but even being able to address like, okay, acknowledging and being able to take action. And then going back to that point of being kind, even if the action doesn't work out exactly how you want, being able to be kind to yourself, not being critical of yourself and learning from that situation. That's something that's been interesting, especially like with my time at Noom and getting into cognitive behavioral therapy and like digging into this like health coach license and I've got my exam in October, y'all. We're going to crush this bad boy. It's going to be all ready to go. Um, we talk about like that idea of you're going to experiment. You might fail. It's okay. And don't talk nasty yourself. Cause this is a, the question I'll put out there and challenge you on. And like Chuck, especially you, dude, I know, I know how your internal monologue goes sometimes. Like I feel like you would not, you, you would actually talk to me how you talk to yourself, but you would never like talk to, um, I don't know, like a loved one, the way you talk internally to yourself and how much you judge yourself or the things you would say about yourself. Like you wouldn't say that to your wife, even to me, you wouldn't say that to me of like, you know, a judgment based thing. It would be more like, Hey, this is what's going on. This is what we got to do. And that's all cool. But the judgment I feel like we can have for ourselves is pretty intense. Yeah. I mean, I'm obviously overly critical of every component of myself. You know, even before we went on vacation, I'm beating the hell out of myself about my body image. And here I am preaching to my wife that you look phenomenal. Body image is, you know, a big thing. You have to be confident in yourself. And I preach confidence to my wife all the time. And then internally, I'm beating the hell out of myself. And then meanwhile, we get on vacation and we're getting all these compliments from everybody. And I was like, you know what? It's great to hear because we're both very humble people, but it's great to hear reinforcement and compliments and recognition. And then five minutes later, I'm beating myself up again. Um, so the way internally you speak to yourself, what Mike's saying, being kind to yourself, that's a big component of it. And you really won't get a lot of improvements or hitting your goals if you're not kind to yourself. Okay. And if you're not getting recognition, external recognition is a big component of it. So even getting a coach that is just saying, Hey, even a half a pound, that's huge. It's a huge accomplishment. To have somebody identify or give you that recognition that you're on the right path and you're doing well, it's huge. But being kind to yourself and getting that recognition are two big components of you continuously trying to hit your goals and reach your goals. Yeah. And even just to speak to that, I'll give you guys a real life example. I won't say who it is. And they can like, they're, even though they're very like vocal and public about it. Um, I think on their own platform, but I just won't do that for like, just, I respect privacy. 
Um, but someone that we work with, uh, we were talking about this the other day about like seeking external validation, like having that internal validation, having that kindness to yourself is one component, but also knowing and being aware of like the benefits of external validation that can provide and knowing where you're at now you need that and expressing that with your coach. They express that to me. I'm like, cool. Now I know that even you bringing that up is like, that just ties in, I think really nicely and being able to take action based on that, but being vulnerable and aware enough to know that even in the first place and accept that. Um, that's a key component. I'm, I can already hear people out there saying, well, no, Mike, because I already, I do, we do have some clients, right. That we work with that. They want that drill sergeant. I don't think there's anything wrong with the drill sergeant or like coming in with, um, transparency and like holding them accountable, but it's also not to like bash them and just highlight all the negatives. Like, Hey, you know what? You keep showing up. That's great. Now let's keep showing up here or whatever have you. Um, but yeah, I just like, I, I wanted to tie that in because I thought that was a, a nice little segue there for that. Yeah, I mean, obviously, we both have clients that want that drill sergeant type of coach, but you can be a drill sergeant type of coach and still provide positive recognition. You know, listen, if, you, if you're missing workouts, yeah, I'm going to get on top of you. But why did you miss that workout? How can we overcome you constantly missing workouts? And listen, you may have had a setback. And what Mike talked about in the beginning of the podcast is that deload, that decompression. You may have been working so hard over the last three months that you get burnt out. And that you need a, a, a solid week to let your body rest and decompress and deload so you can restart it again. And having a coach that's a drill sergeant type of coach but that can identify that, hey, maybe we're doing too much and you've been doing a great job, but let's take the next couple of days off to reset our body because rest is a big component of what we need to hit our goals and then we'll get back into it. You have to have that balance, but ultimately you have to have acceptance as well. You have to be able to listen and accept. And that's a tough thing for me to do because I never do it. You know, Michael tell me that I'm going too hard or, you know, you chuck, you, you know, you've worked out 14 days in a row or you, you know, it's time to take a break. And I'm like, yeah, no, I'm not going to take a break. You have to be able to accept it and listen to your coach because ultimately they're the ones kind of guiding you. Listen to your coach. Yeah. Like the, to your point, Chuck, like, I also find myself like I, to your point, like I'm doing this 45 days of discipline program. Like I think it's been today's dirty day 37 of like 37 consecutive days. Like there's, there's like that component of knowing like, all right, I can feel it. Like, so being able to say, Hey, I'm, I can back off and give yourself that permission. Um, and, and even as like having a coach to bounce, like talking to you about that for my own accountability, my own programming. And I have another client, again, I won't mention who it is, different client, but, uh, you know, they have a baby on the way and they're talking about, yeah, we like, we've been getting after it. You know, we got them into a single digit body fat percentage, like getting stage ready, all this stuff. Um, and they did like a, a really like peak performance training session. We deloaded for a week. That one week deload actually turned to two weeks of deloading because we listened to their body. We listened to how they were feeling. They were able to communicate. No, I actually am feeling really good. And they have a baby on the way in the next two weeks. We're like, all right. We deloaded for two weeks. Now we're going to build back up. It's going to be a kind of a hybrid approach where we'll have enough of a stimulus to maintain, but not again, being kind to yourself. So you don't have to just say, well, I'm going to judge myself for a missed workout because this is what's going on. And even whether you have a coach or not, sometimes I feel like we'll have a program and we have to stick to the program to the T, but yeah. I would say, and I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this. I feel like any good coach or any good program will have adaptability worked in based on readings that we're getting based on how we're feeling our energy our sleep. We have to be able to adapt. 100% being able to adapt. You see how I threw 100% in there? Yeah, yeah, threw that in there. 100% you have to be able to adapt. But I know from the mindset of like somebody who struggles with addiction, 
for nutrition and fitness and everything, uh, it's difficult to hear, hey, you have to take off a week. Uh, it's very difficult to hear and be able to do it is even more difficult to be able to do it. So like, again, we were on vacation for seven nights and we worked out for the seven nights that we were there, but it may not have been as an, as an intense of a workout as we usually do, but to mentally just reset and feel better while we were on vacation, we got like a quick 20 minute workout. It was one day we were literally at the pool in our bathing suits and my wife looks at me and was like, hey, you want to go do legs real quick? And I was like, let's do it. And we walked over to the gym and she's in a bikini and the gym working out and I'm in my bathing suit. We're working out. Did a quick 20 minute workout. And we went back to the pool, but it was just to get the, that mental reset in. And again, you don't have to go hard. Um, it was still a deload week for us, but to be able to just have some type of movement to be able to feel better and move around a little bit. It helped me mentally reset. Got to be able to accept and listen. Listen to your body as well. Yeah, so those are all like, even just like you're saying, like so four out of seven days still, like that's like for most people, that might not even be a thing they could accomplish and like on their best week. So that's why I think, again, I highlight this, not to make anyone feel bad or to, to push Chuck up, but it's to just show it's all perspective. It's all relative, right? Like, so you know, four out of seven can be really, really good for a lot of like, dude, I wish I'll get four out of seven. I get two out of seven right now. And that feels good. Um, so I think, again, I just highlight that to say it's all perspective and to just figure out like that component of it. And, and one thing we've talked about before, Chuck, and that like, I wanted to highlight here is kind of like a wrap up to give you guys an actionable task too, uh, along with all the other things we already talked about, looking into things to take control, getting into interests or things that'll have a net positive impact on your life and acknowledging and being kind to yourself and realizing it's not your fault, but stay, taking responsibility, but also looking at self-care. Like what does self-care look like for us and how can we work it into our week, our day, our life in general? So I know we've talked about self-care to me is definitely very much like the gym. I know that is for you and jujitsu, but I wonder too, you know, some of the other components, because that's where even from an addictive nature, you know, we need to have other spaces, other things, whether it's like going on vacation, playing with the kids, going in the pool. You know, sometimes I even like to just put my feet up on the physio ball and um, just put on like a cool down playlist and just breathe. That's like self-care for me, getting a massage. I figure we highlight a few, like maybe two or three for you. And then I'll go and like share a couple for me and then give some people some of the reference points. Yeah. So even like, we're going to take out the whole component of, of working out and nutrition being self-care for me. My top three um, self-care, number one, going in the sauna and just meditating. I love going in the sauna and just sitting there and decompressing. My wife and I usually go in together and we'll actually be in there for like a half hour and talk to each other. So that's self-care. Um, sometimes we put the tablet on and watch TV in there and, and just unwind. Uh, but sitting in a sauna and just decompressing and meditating, that's number one. Number two, um, playing with the kids. Like one of the things for me that I love doing is my son's a big gamer right now. So just to connect with him, He'll like, you know, we just downloaded a Dragon Ball Z game. He's getting like super into Dragon Ball Is Z. The new right one? Now. Is that the new uh, one where you can fly around? I don't know if it's, I'm not a big gamer. <laughs> Come on, Chuck. Um, I've been watching videos on this one. But uh, he'll like challenge me. He'll be like, I'll be like walking by in the hallway and he'll be like, Dad, challenge. And I'll run in his room and uh, we'll just do a couple rounds. He beats me every single time. Um, but he's like, 
for me to watch Dragon Ball Z growing up and 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 being and now to have my son watching it, it's kind of it's a cool connection. And for me, that's a that's a big way to kind of just like, you know, unwind and relax and just spend a little time with my son. And also just family time out back by the pool, you know, playing with the kids, playing with my wife, uh, you know, a couple rounds of throwing, you know, playing horse in the pool. Uh, for me, that's a big, big part of uh, of my self-care. Dude, those are great examples. That makes me just happy, especially when you said the sauna one too. I'm like, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, so that's, I'm, I'm going to be pretty similar with you on those. Um, even though right now I don't have a sauna or a steam room, Back in New York, we had a steam room, and that's what I'm selling Ashley on right now is to either do what you did, getting a sauna for the garage and the gym setup, or I'm leaning towards having them install, uh, like we'll get a steam room set up in the master bathroom, but I kind of want to do the sauna because then we can bring it with us when we move. I can just be like, all right, we're taking this family yeah. with us because it's like, anyways, um, so that's definitely my top three as well as same thing, spending time with the family, with the girls and my wife. Um definitely up there and then the third one again we take all the exercise and that stuff out just being able to have like date night that's one thing that's been important for for me and ashley especially since we've had kids is like having that weekly date night and we don't necessarily always like to be honest we've gone out maybe like out of the house like two or three times including our anniversary when it comes to that date night but we'll at least set it up and have it feel nice and like have downtime without the girls and just have that time to ourselves and be able to talk so you know, I think these are great examples of too, just the highlight check, like what you were talking about is with that self-care notes important. And it doesn't have to be like, you know, um, even just taking a bathroom and that could be great too. One thing I would challenge everyone to do is like find something that's self-care that's not food-based, that's not training-based so that you can also reestablish a healthy relationship with both of those things to whatever capacity that looks like for you. But with that being said, Chuck, we're kind of, a, we're at like, a good point here where we could go even into a part two. So I'm kind of curious. I want to let everyone have, like kind of let us know. So I'm going to ask everyone go into the description below, either email us or reach us out to on social media and let us know. You want to hear us dig into a part two, dig into more of this kind of stuff, because I think it's, there's so much to unpack here, right? There's so many different variables going on that we could really go on and on. So I wanted to just kind of hear from everybody here. And then Chuck, I'm going to kick it to you for any like final thoughts or words or just, just the wisdom, Chuck. All the wisdom. Yeah, I mean, we can we we can kind of go off on this for quite some time. So, the one thing I want to just kind of highlight to everybody is we we kind of did go through a lot in this podcast. But listen, again, I know everybody goes through some type of trauma throughout their life, growing up, whatever it is. But also, what we went over, being able to identify that and being able to improve off of it. Don't let it overcome you. Don't let anxiety take you down. Find a method, whatever that method may be. And again, that self-care like we went over. It doesn't have to be fitness or nutrition. Find a method to overcome that anxiety and take the trauma and now put it into a positive effect on how you're going to make yourself into a better person. Again, if you're unhappy with some type of trauma or whatever position you're in in life, take that put it into a positive effect, find the tools or resources to help you improve off of it and make a positive change for yourself. Don't stay stagnant or stuck into the trauma and don't let it over, you know, overcome your life. 
Boom. So that's what, like, I'm actually going to piggyback on that. I think it's going to piggyback nicely. You're going to have to let me know here. Um, with that being said, like, I know that a lot of times hesitations and fears will come into play with making a decision, taking that action. Even if you've taken one step, sometimes saying the next step, the next step can be hard, right? So I'll tell you guys a story, and this is where I'll tie in the story part, and I'll, I'll wrap it up with the, the insight here, and we'll bring it home, is before my title fight, I actually, there was like some just controversy. This has nothing to do with trauma, to be honest. Like, it's just more challenges and controversy that could be easy to like let past trauma come up and like um, shine me away from a decision. But like, I think it was like three days out, like the promoter calls me and says, hey man, like there's messing with your blood work. And then also I was having some issues with like the cornering situation with having who's going to be in the corner. How's that going to be set up? Um, and just some other variables going on. Like I was getting calls from old training partners saying, hey dude, the guy they match you up with, like, he's going to mess you up. Like you better watch out. He broke someone's arm in training. They were like, I don't know if you remember this term. They had like some of his like teammates, like coming to the gym to spar with us. And I even let them stay because I wanted them to see me train. I was like, go ahead, find my holes in my game. Show me what I'm doing wrong. And let's see if I can fix it and like overcome it. Cause I thought it'd be a good challenge. And the point of all this is to say, I at like three days out, I was thinking about, well, they don't have my blood work. Maybe I'll just pull from the fight. Like this is a, and like, realistically, I, I wasn't going to do that, but it was the doubts that creep in. So the question I asked myself was like, what would I do? How would I feel if I knew it was going to be a first round knockout? You know, and I was going to win the title easy first. I'm like, of course I do all this BS. I deal with it. I go through it. And I would just show up. So I ask you guys, when it comes to the trauma and making, taking action, doing all that, um, you know, how would you feel and what would it look like? And how would you approach the situation if you knew the outcome you wanted to get to was going to go exactly how you wanted, whether it was the job, whether it was the change in your life, going to the gym, the goals, whatever, how would you approach it? And then how would you feel? Do you have anxiety or would you look forward to it? Would it be an exciting thing or would it be scary? Maybe it'll be everything. I just posed that question. And that's my story that I kind of finished. Food will bring it home with, but. Uh, bring it yeah. home. That was a good story. And I do remember it. And, and you did overcome it very well. And ultimately you won. So, I mean, yeah, let's wrap it up with that. I mean, ultimately hit us up if you have any, you know, comments, questions, or concerns, you know, our social media is wide open to everybody. Um, I believe you're at Michael Callow, correct? And I'm at core camp fit. So check out below, hit us up if you have any questions or if even if you just want to talk about it, if you find that, you know, you don't really have a lot of people that you can open up to about your trauma or whatever that, that, that you're having a difficult, difficult time overcoming, hit us up. We'll be glad to talk to you about it. Yeah, exactly. Just to reiterate, like, I can't tell you how many times I've had people message me and just like open up about stuff. Like I never say anything to anyone that's not our place. We will just provide a safe space for you to converse and share things and just offer up insight if it's asked for it. That's really it. So I appreciate you guys. Chuck, you know, I appreciate you. You guys keep rocking and kicking ass. So I just wanted to say thank you guys again for watching, listening, consuming that episode. If you guys enjoyed it and you haven't already, please like, uh, please comment. If you haven't reviewed, please leave a review. If you haven't followed or subscribed, please do that as well. Again, it tremendously helps us out. And then just a quick reminder, if you guys want more resources, we have them below. We have our programs, everything from free all the way up to paid and kind of everything in between dial in with the customization. And we have more information on different programs and resources in our newsletter. So if you haven't signed up for that, do so below. It's free. And that is it, y'all. See you on the next one.